Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. All rise. Welcome to the Cyber Law and Business Report. Get the top story on the hot-button Internet legal topics of the day. This is your home for the latest on Internet law and policy. Hear the latest net trends impacting business and have your questions answered right here. This is the Cyber Law and Business Report. Now, please welcome your host, the founder of the Internet Law Center, Bennett Kelly. Good morning. This is Bennett Kelly. from broadcasting live from the Internet Law Center here in sunny Santa Monica, California, the heart of Silicon Beach. Please be seated. We've got a great show for you today. We're going to be talking about a very hot topic, the Trans-Pacific Partnership Agreement, more commonly known as TPP. And we have with us um, from the U.S. Chamber of Commerce, their um, Senior Vice President for Asian Affairs, Tammy Overby, and so she's going to walk us through um, this treaty, and we're going to discuss some of the aspects of it, um, and then we have a, a few news updates at the end, but um, Tammy, are you with us? I am. Thank you so much. Thank you for joining us, and as usual, um, Tammy's background um, and information on today's show is available on our blog at cyberlawradio.wordpress.com. And send us any comments you have on Twitter at CyberLawRadio. So, Tammy, thank you for joining us. Um, it's a pleasure to have you. And um, I imagine it's quite hot where you are today. It is. It is. But we have, the humidity's down a little bit, so we're enjoying the brief respite. We actually had some of it out here this week. But... Many people may not be from, you know, for those who are in Washington, may not be familiar with the U.S. Chamber of Commerce. Can you tell us a little bit about what that is? Sure. We are the largest business association in the world. We're located in Washington, D.C., in a wonderfully historic building right across from the White House. Um, we are over 100 years old, and we represent the interests of American business. Uh, we have 117 American Chambers of Commerce around the world. Um, I actually ran the one in Korea for 14 years, years ago. And our, our uh, job is very simple. We are here to promote uh, and help American business. And you know, for, so for someone who belongs to their local middle America town, USA, Chamber of Commerce, what is their relationship to you? Um, often... They are members of our federation. Um, uh, we have uh, literally thousands of city, state, regional, local chambers that we work very closely with. We are their eyes and ears here in D.C., and they provide that same value to us from uh, their location wherever in, in America they may be. So your role in the chamber is specific to Asia, you're the senior vice president for Asian Affairs, and your background is actually quite interesting. You, you've spent quite a bit of time in Asia, Korea, to be precise, right? Yes, I spent uh, 21 years of my working career in Korea, uh, working with AIG, with uh, William Mercer Limited, and also the last 14 years uh, running the American Chamber of Commerce there. Although I should note that I was a very active member of the chamber the entire time I was there. What is the, I mean, given the amount of time you were away, what's the translation, trans, transition been like coming back to Washington? It was harder than I anticipated. I mean, I was surprised because I did visit the U.S. and Washington, you know, annually. So to, to come back and to find that uh, I think America's um, service culture has really uh, declined a bit. Uh, and in Asia, you know, service is, is actually so important. When you go to restaurants in Vietnam or in Japan, they will of, often give you a, a little uh, free thing that's called service. Uh, that's actually what it, the amuse-bouche or uh, an appetizer or something that, that uh, just to thank you for coming in. Wow. When you go into a large department store, there will be um, a multitude of staff to help you. Um, you know, and, and really, it's all about helping the customers. Uh, 
yeah, service in America, it's changed. It's uh, evolved. So your return to Washington, what, did it have anything to do with the, with the, with the brewing fight over the TPP, or was it just coincidental? It was actually about the Korea Free Trade Agreement. It had been negotiated, and also spending uh, you know twenty plus years in Asia, I always wondered what a transition, uh, what what kind of a job in Washington would be interesting to me, and I always had my eye on this this particular position. Tom Donahue and my current boss Myron Brilliant, who had this position six years ago, were in Korea uh, in January 2009, and I asked Myron how we, need, how we could get him promoted because he was sitting in my chair. <laughs> and uh, you know, six months later, I was here. So timing and, and good luck, uh, timing's everything. What a great subordinate to have. You, you focus on getting your boss promoted. That's great. Before we start talking about the TPP, generally, what is a free trade agreement for the, for the unacquainted? So a free trade agreement is usually about two things. It's about tariffs. So when products go into other countries, uh, exports, they often have a tariff, an extra duty that's applied to them. And that can be, in some products are zero. Those would be products that that country really wants to, to import. Maybe it's something special their industry needs uh, for their um, uh, exporting opportunities. Um, but sometimes it's things they don't really want to, to encourage their citizens to buy. They'll, they'll increase the tariff on it. So, you know, tariffs could be anywhere from uh, in Japan on uh, on certain items, they're agriculture items. They're actually quite high, um, you know, up to seven hundred percent. So it uh, so tar- free trade agreements are about reducing and, in many cases, eliminating tariffs. So going to zero. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's also about the rules and uh, free trade agreements these days and going forward are actually more about the rules and standards or things we call non-tariff barriers, the the behind-the-border challenges that make it difficult for our companies to do business. And uh, we're each uh, subsequent trade agreement, the U.S. has 17 partners and 20 trade agreements that are in force right now. And those 20 FTAs are, we build on each one. Each one gets progressively better. So the highest standard agreement we have in force right now is the Korea Free Trade Agreement, uh, the last one that in uh, 2011 was ratified. So the, and what we're talking about now is going to be um, uh, leapfrog above beyond that and be an even higher standard and a more comprehensive agreement than that one. How long, so, so you obviously were very involved in the Korean trade agreement. How long did that take, start to finish? So the chorus agreement, first of all, the, for the countries before they decided to officially launch, they had a 18-month, uh, five-negotiating round of preparatory talks. And that was where the two governments would get together and, and really go through chapter by chapter and talk about what each country's objectives were. And at the end of that process, the decision by both South Korea and the United States was, this will benefit our economy, so let's move forward. The length of the negotiation was only 10 months. And that was because it had to be 10 months because uh, something uh, at that time we called it Fast Track, or Trade Promotion Authority, was about to expire. And this agreement was literally signed with moments to spare in order to be covered under uh, the fast track. And as you know, what that means is that um, any deal covered under Trade Promotion Authority means Congress can simply vote up or down, yes or no. They cannot add additional amendments. And that's so important in the trade agreement because with 525 members of Congress and everyone wanting to tack their own little thing on, uh, we would never be able to get another country to negotiate with us if they thought that they were going to have to negotiate with each member of Congress individually. So TPA or Fast Track Authority gives our trade partners confidence that the administration can negotiate a deal uh, and that Congress will simply vote yes or no without uh, adding anything on to it. So it is not treated as a treaty, which would require Senate and two-thirds approval. It's just majority approval of both houses. Right. That is correct. Um, I'm kind of curious how that 
differentiation started to begin with, but um, let's let's put that to the side point. But um, so now we're, we're we're talking about the TPP, and when did that start discussions? So TPP started as something called Pacific Four, and that would be um, uh, New Zealand, Australia, Singapore, and Brunei. And the U.S. raised our hand, and this would have been in um, 2008, uh, and said we would very much like to join. And they uh, accepted our joining. And then in November 2009, President Obama was elected, or uh, he was at, I'm sorry, it was after his election. He was in his first APEC meeting in Singapore, and he made the public um, uh, proclamation that, the U.S. would help shape uh, what they were then calling the Trans-Pacific Partnership. And that was a very confusing statement because all of the reporters there immediately started asking me, does that mean the U.S. is in or not? And it was a little bit unclear for a few hours, but uh, we were able to uh, ascertain that, yes, the U.S. was in and we were going to be an active partner. Uh, Then we had Mexico and Canada join. Uh, And the last country that bringing us to, we have 12 countries now, was uh, Japan. The 12 countries together make up approximately 40% of global GDP. Um, And uh, so the the current 12 members would be Australia, New Zealand, Brunei, Malaysia, Vietnam, uh, Japan, Canada, Mexico, Chile and Peru and the U.S., and I believe that's 12. And how does that compare in size to the EU? There's another agreement called the Transatlantic Trade and Investment uh, uh, Partnership. Okay. And that that agreement is relatively new. I think they've had they just had their ninth negotiation round. Um, the uh, and it's been going on for maybe less than two years. TPP, we're over five years of negotiating, well over twenty negotiation rounds, and we are hopefully coming into conclusion um, in the next uh, the the uh, immediate future. Whereas TTIP will be driven by what happens with TPP. Right. Um, well, I just meant when you talk about in terms of the size of the, the, the oh the size the market. Um, is it is that larger or smaller than the EU? The US EU agreement will be larger. Okay. So um, we have this ag- agreement that is five years in the works. Fast track. The president just got approval to have fast track authority, but not without a big fight, and largely because of the TPP. Um, TPP is coming is wrapping up um, with a, a vote up or down once it gets approved. And so why don't we talk about what TPP actually is substantively and why the chamber supports it, and then we can talk about maybe why people are opposed to it and what might happen to it. What does TPP do and why is the chamber behind it? Okay, well, it's um, 29 chapters. It will be uh, well over 1,800 pages, and it will be a very complex trade agreement, uh, but it will be a binding agreement, and that's really important because that means that, um, uh, and I believe uh, these chapters, they will have dispute resolution mechanisms so that if there is a commitment that one of the parties have made that they don't honor, we will. there's a process for us to uh, ensure that, that we are ultimately able to, uh, to get them to honor it. So what TPP will do is um, it really is about setting high standards in Asia, um, in the Asia-Pacific. This is the most economically dynamic part of the world uh, for decades to come, and there really is a battle going on in Asia for um, the rules. Um, There's a competing um, negotiation called the Regional Comprehensive Economic Partnership, or RCEP. And we view that as um, much more uh, low standard. Um, the the TPP we see that as the it is the highest standard agreement being negotiated, because we see that as the best way that high ambition, the comprehensiveness, as the best way of igniting economic activity and really driving uh, economic growth. And, and the, people, the competing one is. Uh, less uh, less countries and less scope. I'm assuming. Actually, it has more countries. Uh, less it scope. has 
uh, but but much less ambition. So it's it's more about just stitching together a group of regional free trade agreements. Around since the Doha round of the World Trade Organization has uh, been in a ten year stall. Other countries have gone to either bilateral FTAs, as we did with regional free trade agreements, like we're talking this ambitious TPP. Uh, countries are trying to the, these trade agreements are uh, preferential, so the the countries are trying to ensure that they're part of that preferential agreement because only those who are inside the agreement benefit. So if you're not part of TPP, you're, you won't be able to enjoy the, the economic benefits that will be derived from within. So with RCEP, the Regional Comprehensive Economic Partnership, you have uh, the 10 ASEAN countries, Australia, New Zealand, uh, Korea and Japan, plus China and India. And it's really being driven from the most part by China as the U.S. and Japan tend to be the real economic drivers of TPP. And it's, it's a difference in perspective. It's also a difference in economic development. Um, you know, the U.S. is trying to ensure that we set high standards that everyone can meet. Uh, but a country like Vietnam, which is one of the least economically developed countries in TPP, they're not going, while they're agreeing to very high standards, they would not have to go to those high standards on day one. There will be phase-ins and transition periods. There will also be capacity building to help them uh, move and transition their economy to a, whether it's we're talking intellectual property right protections or state-owned enterprise disciplines or whatever part we're talking about in the rural side, there will be a lot of help and additional time to help them get there. Well, you mentioned that you know, if you're not part of the um, agreement, you don't get the benefits. Well, if you're not listening to the show, you won't hear these important words from our sponsor. We'll be back after these messages. More with Tammy Overby on TPP. You're listening to Cyberlaw Business Report. Stay tuned for more of the Cyberlaw and Business Report after this brief recess for our sponsors. Finding links to improve your rankings in the search engines is time-consuming and frustrating for many of us. The Hoth is the go-to company to help lighten your link-building load. Their white-label SEO was made specifically for agencies, in-house SEOs, and affiliates. The Hoth also offers high-quality custom local citation building to improve search rankings in Google's maps and localized results, providing fulfillment for some of the largest SEO companies in the world. The Hoth offers link and citation building services you can trust. Get $20 in link building or citation building credits free by going to thehoth.com slash radio, T-H-E-H-O-T-H dot com slash radio. Hey, this is Danny Sullivan to talk to you about Bruce Clay Incorporated. They've made Inc. Magazine's list of growing private businesses and have exhibited and sponsored at my conferences since the very beginning. You've seen their search engine relationship chart or you've read their SEO code of ethics, seen other SEO experts, but did you know they can help you with PBC, web analytics, web design, marketing strategy, promotion, and branding? Yep, get everything you need for success in the online marketplace. You can check it out from the professionals at Bruce Clay Incorporated. For over 10 years with offices worldwide, they've got the answers you need. Check them out today at BruceClay.com. When you started your business, you first listened to your professors. Now that your business is growing and gaining ground, you only seek out professionals. PPC Professionals, an industry leader for highly optimized search marketing campaigns with over 30 years of combined management experience. Our professional approach to every campaign helps you find every avenue of revenue so that you can not only stay ahead of your competitors, but get a return on your investment and increase your bottom line. PPC Professionals, personal, professional, PPC services. PPCProfessionals.com Looking for a better way to get more traffic and interaction to your Facebook page? Imagine Facebook interactivity on your page like you've never seen. Introducing your new Facebook marketing fix, So Social, the new and revolutionary way to easily manage and automate your Facebook contest and sweepstakes. Create a fun, easy-to-win contest by writing a simple Facebook post. Watch your post go more viral and generate loads of interaction. Track your traffic and generate email lists with ease. So Social is mobile-friendly and complies with Facebook terms of service. Let So Social give your Facebook page some flash today. Zoom over to zosocial.com. The best gavel-to-gavel legal news and information on the net is right here. 
This is the Cyber Law and Business Report, only on WebmasterRadio.fm. And we're back. We're talking to Tammy Overby with the U.S. Chamber of Commerce. Um, talk about um, geography being destiny with its uh, prominent office right across the street from the White House. And we're talking about the TPP. And so, Tammy, um, in a nutshell, why is the TPP a good idea? It's a good idea because it allows the U.S. to participate in shaping the very important trade rules in Asia. And if the U.S., uh, if, if TPP fails and the U.S. isn't able to help move this agreement forward, um, others will move ahead without us. Uh, the Regional Comprehensive Economic Partnership Agreement I was talking about a moment ago, uh, led by China and India, uh, it, the U.S. is not part of that agreement. And again, that agreement uh, has a lower ambition um, and would, from our view, be detrimental um, uh, to our companies. Uh, so we really want to uh, help shape the rules in Asia. We want the uh, TPP standard to flow into something that uh, will eventually become the free trade area of the Asia-Pacific. When China hosted APEC last year, uh, they were um, very eager in moving that concept forward. Um, and of course, they would like to be able to choose the model that's going to be used for that. Uh, so there really is a race here going on in Asia to set the rules. And um, you mentioned yeah. that China and India are leading the competing trade um, framework. Um, yeah. are, are either of them parties to the, T, um, the TPP? No, they are not. Um, one interesting thing to note about TPP, though, is it is an a open agreement. That means it is always intended to allow other countries to dock on whenever they're able to meet the high standard. So there is, in fact, there are already other countries uh, eager to join TPP. Um, South Korea, for example, uh, has raised their hand. The Philippines has also raised their hand. Taiwan would like to join. Uh, so other countries are also eager to join TPP. The Chinese have expressed interest, but they also uh, have reservations about the high standards. And when you say the high standards, is there certain areas in particular? For example, when I think of China, India, you know, my, my first suspicion would be that that refers to IP enforcement. Uh, IP will be a very important part of it. As you know, one of the uh, the key competitive areas of the U.S. economy, uh, in addition to agriculture, is innovation. Um, it's, and our companies are very IP uh, adroit. We're, we're very successful in that space, and partly because we've created an ecosystem with IP protection uh, that so our companies are able to get a fair price for their, uh, their innovation uh, in order to reinvest into that innovation. So uh, what we're hoping to do is to export that model to other countries. Um, you know, there are, there's interest from all around the world about building an, a creative economy or an in, innovative, innovative workforce and business. And uh, we believe the U.S. approach, uh, while adapted for Asia through TPP, uh, will be the most um, uh, beneficial long term. So we're hope that's why we're pushing TPP. So let's address a couple of questions that a lot of people have when we talk about trade agreements. And you know, and some of it is just certain things become conventional wisdom, even if they're not conventional or wisdom. And and so this may not be true, but you hear a lot of people um, react negatively to trade agreements because it's the the saying is it just shipping U.S. jobs overseas, and there's this is belief that maybe NAFTA wasn't successful. What what is the chamber's view on that? You know, I, we hear that, and, I, and I, I'm quite frustrated when I hear it because when one focuses on the facts, trade with Canada and Mexico has nearly quadrupled in the past 20 years, uh, and it's now um, $1.3 trillion last year. Uh, U.S. exports to Canada and Mexico grew more in dollar terms than our exports to any other country in the world over the past five years. So I think there is a lot of um, misinformation. Also, um, their concern about job loss. 
Um, part of the job loss, I think, is really going to a nation called productivity. And by that, I mean American companies are becoming more productive. Technology has certainly changed the way Americans work, and there has been a reduction in the workforce. And I think we really need to focus on how to help. The, uh, I, I would like to see more money on education to help ensure that our workforce is better trained for jobs of the future. Um, but I, I actually believe that um, the Department of Commerce statistics that say that our uh, that we have trade surpluses with our free trade agreement partners, uh, and I believe that's true because these FTAs have good rules and standards. And when you have a level playing field, American can, America can compete with anyone. It's uh, and what we're hoping with TPP is that in these markets, we're going to be able to level that playing field. Now, an, another criticism leveled at the TPP has been the, the secrecy. Yeah, um, that's another one that really frustrates me because in the same, the very next breath, the people who are uh, making those accusations then will say, but it's a terrible deal. Well, if it's a secret <laughs> deal, how do you know it's a good deal or a bad deal? Um, but the, I'm also frustrated because while um, I have been to many of the negotiating rounds and the chamber has been, I believe we've been literally to all of them, uh, myself or my staff. Uh, and um, who we see at these agreements are these NGOs, the people who are making these same uh, accusations that it's done in secrecy. Um, I, I would argue that actually this agreement has had more transparency uh, more stakeholder engagement than any free trade agreement America's ever done. Certainly uh, much more than uh, the Korea agreement, Colombia, or Panama, the last three agreements we did. So I think there are lots of uh, opportunities for stakeholder engagements. We and they have the, this administration has worked so hard to uh, to keep stakeholders in, informed and involved. Uh, even members of Congress, um, you know, they will say, "Oh, they they why can't they see the text?" Well, they can see the text. Uh, it is made available to them. They don't always, you know, maybe aren't crazy about having to go to a particular room in Congress. And, you know, maybe the fact that they can't take a camera in with them. Um, you know, there's, there's a question of why the need to keep, why not open, why not open the text completely? Why keep any of it secret? Uh, to that, my point would be, it's a negotiation. And in a negotiation, you really don't want your counterparties to know your red lines. What, what are the most, what, where are your bottom line issues? Um, it, it, uh, my colleagues here uh, compare it to um, uh, sports terms. Would you give the other teams your playbook? Um, that's what exposing all of this would mean. But I will note that TPA does require uh, an additional 60 days of making the text public. So I think before our Congress is called to vote on this deal, America will have every opportunity to, um, uh, to you know, look through it and, and read it in its entirety. Now, um, this show, obviously, Cyberlumpus Report, clearly has a a certain bent on you know technology and the internet. This treaty, excuse me, treaty. This trade agreement um, has not received the warmest welcome from the tech community. Um, a number of people from the tech community, over 250 companies, have signed on to an open letter to Congress expressing concerns about the, the agreement, uh, particularly in terms of what they see as a threat to fair use, expensive and cost of online enforcement, and possibly criminalizing. Um, journalism and whistleblowing. Do you have any comments on those? Um... Well, I, I think that um, uh, no one is completely supportive of the agreement right now because none of, uh, at least none of the people I deal with are, we're not cleared advisors. Certainly uh, the chamber does have a cleared advisor, but he's restricted by law and what he can share. So um, for those you know, of us who don't have access to the, the text, and also because the negotiation isn't over, 
um, we don't know where it's going to land. So I think people are uh, understandably nervous and concerned about the direction. Um, we're you know, this is going to be a balance. Um, I think it's in any negotiation, no party gets everything they want. So um, we need to be able to look at the agreement in totality at the end and see are we better off with it than we would be without it. From my sense, um, and from certainly the things we're hearing from our companies, uh, it looks like it's heading in that direction. I think part of the concern, though, is that um, some of the things that people find objectionable, we're driving. You know, that, that this may be the entertainment industry, for example, um, maybe having con- driving some of these um, copyright provisions that people find in the other aspects of the Internet community find objectionable. Yeah, and that, that's a debate that America is having, uh, I mean, we're having here as well. Um, so it's natural that that, that, that debate would extend uh, around the world. Uh, and, you know, as connected as we all are now, uh, it really is morphing into one conversation. Where we will end up with this on the tech side um, in those areas, I don't know. You know, our, our hope is that we get the best agreement we can and with the strongest protections uh, and regulations that will help America uh, remain competitive, but will also create the right ecosystem in these countries so that they also can develop uh, in, in their own indigenous uh, space as well. Yeah, yeah and it, that, is, that is an important aspect. And you know, I'm, I'm just always reminded of the I actually went to a presentation at the the academy, you know, the Academy of Arts and Sciences, you know, the motion, excuse me, the Motion Picture Academy. Author was speaking on a book he wrote about the early days of copyright enforcement in the film industry, calling called the Hollywood's Copyright uh, Wars. And he was just a historian, a film, a film buff, not a, not a lawyer. But in the process, and people in the audience, it was someone from the film industry who got up and said. I don't like the fact that you know people are infringing my copyright and um, you know using my film. I don't want that, but I don't want to pay these musicians, these other people, for their copyright in the same sentence. You know, and yeah, so this is yeah. this is kind of like oh, what's mine is mine, and what's yeah. yours is negotiable. I think approach going on. I think in this debate, yeah. yeah. Uh, and again, it, it's uh, the same debate. I, I spend a lot of time in Asia. It's happening in all, it's happening all over the world. Now, one one aspect that I've heard criticism about goes to generic drugs. That the ability of um, some jurisdictions, for example, Brazil and other countries, to have to have maybe more liberal laws in terms of generic drugs, and that it may you know prevent the advancement of. Um, the ability of to get you know drugs that can eradicate disease in some of these countries um, it, does TPP really play a role in that or no? Um, it does um, access to medicine uh, again you know you'll hear me use the word balance a lot um, because it really is a balance and we've got to get this balance right um, on one hand we need people to have access to to both life-saving drugs the the cutting edge ones but also the generics uh, as well and the um, but it's also important that the the research based companies that are developing these drugs are able to have to get a fair price uh, that allows them to reinvest in their next blockbuster. You know the studies are clear. You know it's billions of dollars to bring in, in over a decade to bring one single product uh, to market, and they've got to be able to keep things in that pri- you know in the pipeline. So, uh, but it is a balance, uh, and I think um, this administration is working very hard uh, to try to get that balance just right, so that there is access to medicines, but that there is also adequate coverage for the companies as well. Now, one other area, and I, I don't have specifics vis-a-vis the TPP, but frequently trade agreements are opposed by labor and environmental groups. And the, partly because uh, a labor, I understand, environmental groups historically have not been, environmental protection has not historically been part of trade agreements. And how is TPP in terms of protecting workers and, and the environment? 
Well, I think this administration um, is very keen to put into TPP uh, something called a May 10th agreement. And uh, that is um, some fairly high standards on labor in the environment, higher than perhaps the business community would like. Um, but um, uh, it, it will, I think, be they will provide more protection for labor and the environment um, and will also the these other countries again we're 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 talking about a country a communist country like vietnam who is really going to uh... tpp will over time transform their entire country um, and that's frankly one of the reasons Vietnam wants to do TPP is that they see uh, that it has been designed in a way to help them ensure future competitiveness. Um, you know, the fact that the Chinese have become very interested in TPP once Japan joined, um, and they realize that not being a part of TPP means that there's the likelihood of some investors in China, manufacturers may want to move their manufacturing. We may see the global supply chain shift as a result of TPP to TPP countries. Vision it as TPP will be like a stamp of approval for a more predictable business environment in Asia. Um, you know, you can expect in a TPP country, rule of law will be higher, that the standards will be higher. The tariffs will be lower or non-existent. Um, so just for predictability, uh, I think you will see TPP is going to be, the, the countries that are in that are going to benefit significantly. So is TPP a threat to the Chinese economy? Um, I, so I don't know that they see it as a threat, but I do think they see it as something that's going to have an impact on them and that they are watching very closely. Um, initially, uh, in the last three, three or four years ago, the Chinese view of TPP was very negative. They perceived it as something the U.S. was trying to do in order to contain China. Um, and uh, I've had uh, literally hundreds of hours of discussions with them explaining that, oh, no, please, you misunderstand. We want very much for China to join TPP. Um, in fact, a TPP, you know, years from now without China is a failure in my view. Um, that in many of the the um, the rules and the standards in TPP, I can tell you we look at through a lens of what will this mean when China joins. Um, you know, how do we we have to get these these rules right so that when China joins, it's we're able to uh, help. Uh, reform China in a productive, constructive way, uh, but also level the playing field there so that our companies are able to participate on an equal footing. It is going to be a challenge, I think. Um, and do you think that... Um, it means job security for me. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> There's one job protected. Yeah. Uh, but it, it seems that, you know, I think uh, our American businesses in China are increasingly con- concerned about um, stability and predictability there? Well, I think the, uh, we have three large AmCHAMs there that do annual surveys, and, and they, they come out um, uh, early in the year. And I, I was struck this year that all three of them, uh, came, they came out in a matter of weeks of one another. The results were very similar, that there, there, there was concern about the direction of China. Certainly China is slowing, but there was concern about whether China would continue its, the speed of reform, whether reform was also slowing. Um, so, yeah, I think there, there is a question. Well, we have to take one last break. When we come back, I want to give you one last word on the TPP and then tell us maybe how people can learn more about you. But we'll be back after these messages. You're listening to Cyberlaw and Business Report only on webmasterradio.fm. Stay tuned for more of the Cyberlaw Business Report after this brief recess for our sponsors. Website is not an easy task, and there are so many companies to choose from. How do I know which one is best? It's a big jump making your site mobile friendly, generating sales, and answering questions with no struggles. If you want to come out on top, you need Frog on Top. At Frog on Top, we take the time to make your site generate money, not just look good. 
Our team of experts are WordPress savvy, and our customer service is leaps ahead. See why we say our websites are designed better by leaps and bounds by going to frogontop.com. Frog on Top, your one-stop solution for the web. Frogontop.com. Great websites today need expert web design and development and need to be e-commerce ready and mobile friendly. But building a marketable and profitable website can be an uphill climb. Ready to make your new website or replace your existing website? Think Orange as the new way to get in the black. Orange Hill Development works with Fortune 500 companies and offer the same top quality development service at a fraction of what other providers charge. Brands like Absolute, Carlsberg, and Nestle trust Orange Hill Development. Find out why you should trust your website with Orange Hill. Contact Orange Hill for a consultation today at orangehilldevelopment.com. Whether you are an online business or domain name investor, you need access to the best names. With over 270 million domains already registered, finding the right names at the best price requires a great wingman. Namejet.com puts you in the pilot seat by giving you fast and unparalleled access to some of the best premium and expired domain names on earth. As the number one domain name auction platform, Namejet.com is the best place to find domains for your business or investments. So light the afterburners to the domain name aftermarket and fly over to Namejet.com at mock speed to get great domains today. Namejet.com. The best gavel-to-gavel legal news and information on the net is right here. This is the Cyber Law and Business Report, only on webmasterradio.fm. And we're back with Tammy Overby. And Tammy, I want to thank you for taking the time to talk to us. I'm sure a – how many pages is the agreement again? It's going to be well over 1,800 pages. Yeah, I'm sure an 1,800-page agreement can easily be di- di- digest in a, a 40-minute conversation. Um, <laughs> but I, I, you've been um, quite a, a good sport in trying to make the attempt. I want to give you a, a brief soundbite to tell people, you know, up and down why they should support or the, the TPP or any last thoughts on it? Uh, I would encourage America to support TPP because if we don't set the rules in Asia, uh, China will, and that's not in America's best interest. So, Tammy, if people want to learn more about the Chamber or what you're doing on the TPP, um, where should they go? If you go to US Chamber dot, uh, our website, uschamber.com, uh, I would also urge people to take a look at USTR.gov. Um, the USTR website, if you want to get it straight from the horse's mouth, go to the U.S. Trade Representative's website. There are wonderful fact sheets, uh, and you'll find they've answered a lot of the questions that we've talked about today. And they have a TPP blog as well. Oh, they do. Yes. They do. Do you guys have any events on this or anything you want to plug? Um, well, I, I would say that um, I'm heading to Maui this weekend uh, to uh, support American business at what we hope will be the closing uh, trade ministerial round next week in Hawaii. Uh, and we will have an event there uh, with our global IP center talking about how innovation benefits the world. Um, but we just encourage folks to pay attention and uh, don't believe everything you read. Uh, go to the, the go to the source. Okay. Well, in this case, USTR.gov. And Maui, I really must commend you for the great sacrifices <laughs> you take for your country. Um, it's a tough job. <laughs> so, any other information you want to give? Website, Twitter account, or we're good. Uh, we're good. All right. Thanks, well, thanks very much for thank the Thank you very much. And give my, give my best to your team. I want to thank you again for joining us, Tammy Overby. Um, check them out at uschamber.com, I believe. Uh, yes. That's and nice. um, thank you very much. A bit of time we have left, a couple of quick news items and announcements. Um, one is a shout-out and a news item for the Massachusetts Attorney General. Um, there was a, a, a party there who had um, defaulted on a loan and had a judgment against them. And what he did was to try to discredit his uh, the person holding the, the judgment um, by creating all these fake blogs and, and news feeds and making press releases and just really discrediting the, the, the business and the, the, the individuals in the business in a very malicious way. And it has led to um, actually the first of its kind in Massachusetts using the regular um, – uh, a harassment statute in an online setting. 
she, um, in announcing the indictment, she said that the defendant has caused significant financial and emotional distress to the victim through an online campaign of her harassment. We will not tolerate people hiding behind their computer screens and committing criminal intimidation or harassment. So bravo, Attorney General um, Maura Healy of Massachusetts. Um, I think we're, we're seeing that more and more where you have parties in litigation um, going online to um, try to, to punish the other side um, in litigation um, through this intense of intimidation and harassment. Um, so shout out there. Um, one thing, um, another item is I often tell people, if you want to understand what the FTC requires or what, what is actually good practice in cybersecurity, look at the FTC and their past consent decrees. You know, because they actually spell out what, what companies should be doing uh, in a number of the consent decrees. And um, I guess maybe they heard me saying this or maybe not, but they've come out with a guidebook uh, more or less packaging all their past consent decrees into a a handy um, 10 common sense lessons for business to apply. It's available online. You can get it at our blog. Um, Start with security, a guide for business. And equally important, the FTC is going to do a roadshow with it. They're going to be going to um, San Francisco and Austin and they're going to do a presentation on security for startups. So in September and November, I believe, are the two events. And so definitely you know, keep your eyes on that. There's information on the blog. A couple of other items. You know, I, um, One is when I started this show, I originally with the idea of Cyber Law and Business was going to be done with a co-host. And the co-host was going to cover the business side. I was going to cover the law. We both kind of intermingle. The co-host was a serial entrepreneur who just got too busy to do the show. And her name is Kalika Yap. And she is featured um, in this month's um, June Octane magazine, which is the magazine of entrepreneurs organization. And um, we have a a little video clip from her interview with um, EO on our blog. And so congratulations to Kalika. She is the CEO of Citrus Studios, uh, an award-winning design studio, um, web design and social media and um, company here in Los Angeles. Um, in addition, she's also um, the CEO of, of LuxLink, which has created this patented um, purse link where you can hang your purse from a dinner table without it hitting the floor. And she also owns a waxing studio in Honolulu. So she's quite a dynamo. Congratulations to her. Um, I do not have kids myself, and so, but when a, a friend of mine's kid does something significant, I feel it merits a shout-out. Um, a good friend of mine, um, Lori Marshall, her daughter, um, Kat Holmes, won a gold medal yesterday in the Pan American Games in fencing. And I actually had a client who um, did fencing, and he told me and he explained to me what a difficult sport that is. I mean, that actually, it, it takes a lot of strength to, get, to, to, um, to engage in fencing and carry the saber um, if you ever done, tried it, you know what I mean. And so she won the gold at the Pan Am Games currently going on in Toronto. So congratulations to Kat and more importantly to her mom and dad, um, both of whom I'm sure are very proud. And the last thing is, uh, it was funny, I actually saw a train wreck over the weekend and I saw a blog post that Charles Barkley said that um, it should be called Train Wreck 2 because the um, Cleveland Cavs, you know, finals uh, appearance was actually train wreck one um, because LeBron was in both. And, you know, Cleveland gets dumped on a lot. And, you know, and in all fairness to LeBron's hometown, I mean, they hear the mistake by the lake, the references to river catching fire and all the various sporting disasters that have occurred. Um, But it's actually uh, not a bad place. Uh, it has it has a certain amount of charm to it, and today it turns 219. So to LeBron and all the Clevelanders out there, and all the one that, from the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame to um, people at the Flats, um, Jacobs Fields, all the great aspects of Cleveland. Happy birthday to you! Um, your day will come. Um, hopefully this century, you know, at least you've been in the game. There are some places that haven't even come close. I mean, um, when was the last time you heard the word Detroit Lions and Super Bowl in the same sentence? So um, keep the faith. Um, and Brasco, what can I tell you? Well, the thing was, you mentioned LeBron just now in the, the movie Trainwreck, which I did yeah. see over the weekend, by the way. Yes. Uh, the movie was good and it made good money. But as for LeBron James, he should stick to crying over getting fouled. 
You know, I actually, uh, to be honest, I thought the movie was so-so, and I thought LeBron was one of the better parts of the movie. No, I thought Amari um, Stoudemire so we have Cisco and Ebert job. here, but um, why didn't you like LeBron? No, I thought Amari Stoudemire did a better job. Look, it's because <laughs> when you have LeBron James come in here to try to, like, he just, it's so scripted and so insincere of him. Like, if you had a Michael Jordan in his heyday do that, do, do that kind of thing, it just felt more natural. But Parker, I, I like the fact that he was playing. The, you know, I thought it was kind of comical, the, the, the cheapskate character and then the whole um, well, yeah. baby mama thing. I thought that was kind of funny. But I think it was one of the weak, weak funny parts. I thought I thought Amy nope. Schumer did a hell of a job. She's I, got, she's got a career ahead of her in movies. I thought the the weakest part was that um, intervention scene. Oh. With Marv Albert, I mean, that just didn't work. I mean, no. it's almost like you know, we can't edit it because we have three cameos in this one scene. How can we edit it out? Nice. But um, yeah, I you know, I like Amy Schumer. I saw her live in concert. I frankly think she's like a forty-five minute girl. Um, you know, the, whether it's her act or the movie, I was kind of after about forty-five minutes, I was ready for something different. Um, well, it turned but, into a rom-com. I was like, uh, I'm not big on rom-coms anyway. Yeah, but I don't think that's that's. I don't think that's her strength. No. I mean, I think she's. Be- I think she's actually better as supporting than as a leading character. That that's my hunch. Okay. But you know, hey, the money's in the leading. So, but speaking of leading, all right, we have two minutes left. I know Brasco wants me to make sure to say that it's his favorite performer, Bobby Sherman's birthday, and um, but um, we want to thank um, Tammy for joining us. Um, it's been. This is a very important debate that's going on. It's a lot of the same issues that came up in SOPA and elsewhere. And so we will be covering TPP again. We will have someone, obviously, from the other side to give a different perspective of TPP. And as this agreement winds down, we'll be bringing it to you and we'll be explaining it to you, and um, we'll get you know we'll give you a good feel of really what's going on there. But this is just the beginning. We still haven't finalized it. So, but I want to thank Tammy um, you know, for for joining us today and I also want to thank her boss Myron Brilliant, a good friend of mine um, for, for helping us with this um, next week actually we got a really interesting um, program um, we got Heather and Antoine, we'll be talking a lot about what's going on in some of the other areas of social media we don't talk as much about on Pinterest and elsewhere where um, maybe some of the rules are being pushed a little bit too far um, so Heather, Heather Andrews is going to talk to us about that. She's a, a fellow internet lawyer here in Beverly Hills, um, just nearby. So, um, we look forward to having her next week. And so just join us. Um, be sure to check out our blog as usual, uh, cyberlawradio.wordpress.com. Um, check us out on Twitter, cyberlawradio. And again, check out the Internet Law Center. We're at internetlawcenter.net. We're a full service internet law firm. Um, we provide, provide legal services and all aspects of internet business, um, online advertising, um, intellectual property, as well as uh, on cyber harassment. So check us out at internetlawcenter.net and check out our blog at um, ilccyberreport.com. So um, that's all we have for today. Thank you again. This is Bennett Kelly. See you next week um, right here in sunny California. Court is adjourned. This has been a presentation of WebmasterRadio.fm, the world's largest business-to-business radio and podcast network. We welcome you to sample past episodes of this program, as well as our complete library of programs, on demand or on the air via our 24-7 live audio stream at www.webmasterradio.fm. The opinions expressed on this program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of WebmasterRadio.fm's management or sponsors. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.